What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. This is Scott here, back with another fantastic episode for you. I'm coming at you live from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, we're going to jump right into it, guys, but just real quick, I want to tell you how you can come support the show. Um, so if you head over to... Oh, come on. There we go. Yeah, head over to the website, rebunk.news. You're going to see at the very top uh, the t-shirt shop, rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Um, this is brought to you by Big Frog T-shirts in Beaverton, Oregon. They're listeners of the show. They're on the level. So we've got two different styles of build. It just says build. Uh, compliance is violence. Can't depopulate an idea. I see false flags. We are many there for you. So a great way to support this show and also a local t-shirt shop that's totally on the level. Um, so you'll also see at rebunk.news all the video platforms we're on. Uh, take a moment now and subscribe on the on your podcast player, iTunes, Spotify, and then leave a five-star review if you can. Uh, the premium content's over on Subscribestar, so five bucks a month gets you the premium content and a great way to support the show. Uh, social media, best way to be up to date with the show is Telegram, t.me forward slash rebunk pod. And at the course, of course, at the bottom, there's any uh, value for value donation options. All right. So that being said, without further ado, what you all came here for, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Owen Benjamin. Owen, welcome to the show. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. There we are. There he is. What's up, Owen? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, truly an honor. Episode 33. I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather have on more. For... <laughs> That's hilarious. 33. So, yeah, man. So, um, what I was going to say is like, uh, so I'm really curious to hear how you would characterize yourself to some of the people listening that may not be familiar with your work. Can you give us the rundown? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a comedian in LA for 16 years. Like, I started on the show Punked. Before that, I um, I was like a heckler at a renaissance fair, <laughs> and they threw tomatoes at me. Uh, that was my summer job, and then I played piano. I, man, my life is so hard to sum up. Sure, so sure, I sure. I to L.A., and um, I got on the show Punked because I was really good at making fun of people and staying in character. And uh, and then Adam Sandler saw me, put me in some movies. I started touring, became a headliner, uh, was on a sitcom, Sullivan and Son, for several years, started doing specials. And then um, I wasn't going with the political movement that they were going in. So I lost my agent manager, a lot of my friends. I'm like, a, I'm like the song Low Die by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh, and uh, so then I started doing stuff myself and building my own websites and my own platforms just in time for the whole world to realize that everyone's going to be censored. So uh, things are actually going quite well now. I got more into... Uh, homesteading when i saw how the levers and buttons work at control it's not no one ever is going to force anyone to do anything yeah so i realized that i didn't want any leverage over me so i was like we got to start making our own food and uh now we have four beautiful kids in north idaho on a nice farm with no debt and uh yeah i just uh i'm i'm very fortunate to have those hurdles that I, a lot of people are now facing just now i mean with the vaccine agenda i think a lot of people saw for the first time that there are uh you know there are nefarious forces in this world that want to make you do shit you don't want to do and so uh i think the community is growing and growing and i'm really fortunate to have such good listeners and good supporters that um i've, I've been able to collaborate with and you know do art with and they've just been awesome so things are good yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So if anybody's not familiar, you guys, he does like a three to four hour live stream every day. You guys go check it out on authorized.tv. See it on the screen there. There's links below in the show notes if you guys want to follow up. And we'll get into all that. But I wanted to kick off the conversation first. Uh, well, I guess what I should say is like a lot of times when I'm recommending your stuff, I'm sure it's fun to throw people on the deep end and just send them a stream. And they'll be like, what the fuck is going on here? But uh, <laughs> but I like to kind of sometimes like ease people in. I'm like, hey, you got to check out uh, Building Bertaria. It's a two-part documentary series that he's got at buildingbertaria.com. And it's a great introduction to kind of get the backstory, kind of get a sense of what the whole scene is all about. And uh, I picked a clip that really resonated with me, and I feel like it'd be a good place to start for this conversation. So I'm just going to awesome. play that real quick, and we'll be right back. So this is from Building Bertaria Part 2. I feel for a lot of these people that don't understand what freedom is, where they're like, it's almost like they, they just want freedom to indulge. They want permission to indulge. And that's going away faster than they can possibly imagine. And I think there's gonna come a time in America where they're gonna wish they had FEMA camps. 
because all these people are talking about FEMA camps like they're these bad things. I'm like, that's a place where someone's willing to feed you for free. The real tyranny, the real nightmare would be when you're left with your actual freedom and you haven't built a community, you haven't got even a garden or you don't know how to shoot a gun or, you know, your neighbors think you're immoral and they don't trust you. It's like, that's the real nightmare. And um, I think that people thinking that the government is somehow going to put them in a camp, a camp would be a blessing for a lot of people uh, if these supply chains break down and if people stop being productive and if people don't start it's just the first step is the most important part. Just start trying to not be dependent. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that really spoke to me when I first heard it. And really it's the, the community part, the community building part, like what we're, whatever we're going into, you know, we're going to need each other for, and, and, and like right now, or maybe long time ago was the time to start that. But right now, no matter where you're at, you can start, just start. Oh yeah. Now's a great time to start. And in a high trust, high morality community, because, Low trust, low morality, they just snakes at each other. So that's why um, being good to each other and, and, and being an honor and not lying is so important. And I also wanted to explain real quick why sometimes if you jump right into my streams and it seems uh, <laughs> like people don't understand it, it's uh, I'm starting to actually understand how those little countries in Europe started because when you get kind of exiled and a bunch of people get together and they start doing their own thing, they start their own language, <laughs> you know, they start having their own culture and their own, um, you know, like parts of England talk totally different than other parts of England. You know, you go yeah. to, to certain areas and you won't even be able to understand people. Like when I was touring Europe and I was in Wales, I could barely understand people. And they were so, you know, Cardiff was great. The people were great in the audience, but uh, they talk in a way that I was like, what is this? And so there is going to be a little culture shock when people first listen to me and how it's set up. Cause I always go live and I'm interacting live with letters, you know, like handwritten letters I get every day because uh, I was kicked off a lot of apps. So I went back to the post office and uh, we did develop a lot of our own stories and backstories. And you'll hear me talking to Denmark bear and bowler bear and cod and all these characters that have been built up over the years. Just, uh, you know, it just will take a little time, but it's really fun. It's a really nice community. It's really wholesome. It's not, um, it all weird. It's just, we have our own language sometimes. No, totally. And I, I totally get that. I love it, man. I think it's fantastic, but, uh, yeah, it's just funny because like, you, you, you know, it's like the way I characterize it, it's like people show up and they're like, what, but you can't say that. Right. And I just, I just love right. that. it's like, it's like that that's part of the spell breaking behind it. It's like, okay, these words, I don't want to get bogged down in all, and then all the, 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 the chaos. Cause we want to talk about the true and the good, the beautiful here, but well, yeah, no, but that point's great. We don't need yeah. to address any of that. We don't need to get in the, yeah. I get in the uh, pig stall. Yeah. I get in the sty and throw haymakers others. So other people don't have to, but it's like a gun. It's like a word can't have intention. Only a, a living man or woman can have intention. That's why people would always say guns don't kill people. People kill people, which is mm -hmm. valid. This, this knife is way crazier than an AR-15. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the craziest thing is everybody's fetishizing these guns, I'm like, with a 20-foot closing radius and serrated edges, I mean, that's way more lethal. But um, it's the same with words. And I've given a million examples to logically break down the word spell. And uh, people should understand that before the PC started clamping down, I wasn't uh, dropping these words that much. I just started doing it to show people what was coming. Because the grand spell is a word can have its own intention. It's materialism, transhumanism. It's like that there's a soul in a word or a soul in a gun. The gun killed the people, not the, the man. And so I've uh, burned a lot and sacrificed a lot to teach people that, but it's paid off. And I think a lot of people now understand that. And they're no longer uh, burdened by this like MK ultra programming of a word is bad, not an intention. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because like, unlike a gun, like words have like duplicitous deceptive meanings it's like we're almost finding out like everything you know your show crow a lot of these shows they talk about you know these words being uh it's like there's almost magic behind them that we don't there's even realize it's not even we don't yeah. even realize the intent or like the, the 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 alchemical like whatever's built into the words it's kind of creepy too yeah, yeah oh yeah you don't even realize what you're saying half the time yeah. and like uh there's a reason that some words sound the same like profit and profit or a mm -hmm. weekend I earn a living for my weekend. Earn is where you put the ashes of the dead. Living for my weekend. If you look at money, how it's uh, it's all related to water. It's like the banks 
are are holding the current, which is liquid. And if it's frozen assets or you're above water and all that. And so even just saying, I understand if someone goes, do you understand? Go, I understand. That means to stand under, mm-hmm. which is saying, does someone have authority over you? And authority comes from the word author. Mm-hmm. So um, if someone's authoring your life, they have authority over you. And I know that can sound a little complicated and sometimes truthers can go way too far with it. I've done yeah. uh, bits about that. Like, Knife, wife, wife, you're married, married, Gary, 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 Indiana, Indiana, Gary, Diana, in Diana, you know, and go into nonsense realms. But there is actually something to word magic. And I actually think the English language is um, designed for a a certain level of slavery where it's like like a mental slavery where, uh, you know, like even this trans stuff that's happening, this gender swapping can't happen very well in latin languages because they have a, a gender for every noun like la la casa el oso like the the house is the female because the home is made by the uh female and then you have uh you know el presidente la luna you know the 28 day moon on the cycle and so they can't really inflict that on those countries because they they all are raised from a uh, very young age that uh gender is very important and everything has a gender and then when you have uh, English, it's the, it's just the, 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 where, where you can interchange gender. And so it's really fascinating. Like in Korean, uh, they have like six different designations of authority of like in society. And so that's one reason why it's so structured because how you address a man is determined by their status, their age, their accomplishments, all that stuff. And so that's how language can really dictate how a society functions. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, yeah, I could get lost in this forever, but but let's get into it here, if that's okay with Rockfin, of course. Uh, <laughs> I actually meet up with Martin. Me, me and Martin are cool now. Yeah, even no, though cool. even though he still doesn't let me on, but that's cool. I, I I think he made a mistake, and I think he now sees it, but I don't. You know, I get it. Yeah, I, I just don't think he understood. <laughs> I think sometimes I can break people's matrices in their head, and yeah. they and it takes a few months, but then they're like, oh, that dude was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. So this episode is going loud, uh, rock on Rockman right now, and it will be oh, uploaded cool. to Infowars too. So there, you're getting a double dose there. So, nice. yeah. yeah. So all right. So um, I asked this to you know a few guests recently, and I always like to get people's perspective on it. But uh, so there, to the way I see it, there's like two different types of people in this world. There are those over the last couple of years who just caved into the fear, to the madness, to the psyops, and everything. And then there's a separate category of people who have just thrived more than ever. And I don't even know, yeah. man. Like I, I, the last two years, two years have been the best years of my life. Like, That's yeah, I've awesome. had to deal with a lot of crazy shit. I lived, I was in Oregon throughout all of it. I just moved to Tennessee about a month and a half ago. Um, but like, like, so I was enduring it out in Oregon. But I used all of this to thrive in like the craziest environment ever out there in Oregon. So, what do you attribute that to? Why do you think like some people fell under the fear and other people have had the best two years of their life. Probably a lot of the people in the bear community probably have had the best two years of their life. What do you attribute that to? There's this great book called anti-fragile. And I think some people, I don't know if we're born this way or we learn it, but conflict actually makes you stronger and other people conflict scares them. And I think that that's a main division. And also I think some people have just learned to assess their life better. Cause I was telling my stream today, you know, one of the bears was, uh, was nervous. She was like saying she was worried about the future and she likes the stream because she's nervous. And I was like, be honest with yourself. Is your life better now or five years ago? Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, it's better now. And I'm like, the illusion is that uh, things have gotten harder and the world's gone crazy and all that, but really take a step back and say, would you trade it? Would you go back to 2014, 2015, 2016? No way. You know, go back to the nineties. You know, I do like piano bits about like Eddie Valley, like, like songs didn't even have words in them, you know, and everybody's like wearing flannel and weeping and having, you know, and so I think part of it is some people don't realize that things are getting better. And other people I think just buckle where uh, conflict and stress, they submit and other people, they get stronger, like a muscle, you know, you fatigue a muscle and that grows stronger. And so, uh, yeah, I just think that that's pretty much the difference because some of the bears that are thriving the hardest are in Southern California right now because yeah. it's so nuts that they've they've uh, they've realized they have to build their own alternative and because of that they've gotten very strong. 
Good for you. Tennessee is a cool state. We're thinking about Tennessee. That, that's a good, yeah. good, good move. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Nashville, right, which is kind of like it's kind of a blue masky area, but not not bad at all, dude. Like it's this this place. Plus, it's growing just to the extreme, man. And then like yeah. so basically what happened is I moved out here and I was applying for jobs and I was like, you know, I got hired as a ghost tour guide. And I was like, OK, this might be kind of fun, like doing like ghost tours. Yeah. But but then uh, I talked to another friend of mine who's a podcaster, the Up is Down podcast. If any of you uh, want to check out a great show, the Up is Down podcast, Dean Reiner does a great job. But he just moved out of Portland into a rural area. And basically made posted some bulletins up at like a feed store and on Facebook and said, hey, I'm available. I've got like a truck and some tools. And if anybody needs help around their property, I'm available. And he said he's been getting some work. And so I came out here and I was like, that's a good idea. So I did the same thing here in Nashville, which is just thriving. And the county just south of Nashville, Williamson County is like one of the richest counties in the whole uh, country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tell you what, man, I. I just got hundreds of responses, man. Like hundreds of responses. And I basically so much work out there right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like, I, I, I accidentally started a handyman business. It's the craziest thing ever, dude. And now it's like, I'm, I'm like, I don't even know. I feel like I unlocked the secrets of the universe. And that's one of the things I wanted to ho hopefully cover with you is just like how to build more autonomy in our lives. You know, like people that are trapped in the grind, or if you don't like your job or like, what would you say is a good step to try to break out of, of, reliance you know and especially when it comes to like a working type situation well i think what you did is goes back to what you said before about the two types of people i think yeah. one type of person says how do i get the best job for me like how do i get the best boss another person says how can i serve the community mm. and so if my brother's the same way yet he started a tree business with a chainsaw and a truck and some ropes and it's like he'd go to houses and be like uh you know you're you know, your birch looks like it's going to fall over 400 bucks and I'll chop that down. They're like, oh, great. And then he would really care and he'd do it well. And his business got to a point where he couldn't keep up with it because mm -hmm. uh, he thinks, what what do people need? And so a lot of people right now need um, masculine type trade work because there's such a lack of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we built our house this year and we have a great uh, general contractor. And I, I'm always thinking shit hits the fan. And so I'm like, you know, if I get kicked off the internet or something permanently, I'm like, could I get a job with you as like a carpenter or something? <laughs> and he, and my general contractor is like, I'd hire you tomorrow. Like we're always looking for work, especially in areas with, um, you know, a lot of money that are growing, but still rural. Yeah. Like where you live, where I live in North Idaho, it's similar as well that, uh, that to be more autonomous, the best thing is say, well, what can I offer people? Like, what are my gifts? What? And so I did the same thing with comedy and music and, um, you know, truth or stuff is like, what am I, what talent stack do I have that other people don't have? Cause I'm not the best piano player. I'm not the best, you know, truth guy. I'm, I may be the best comedian, but I don't know. But, uh, when you stack it all together, that's when you can make something unique. So like if somebody is really good at metal work, you know, they might not be the best metalwork guy, but they're capable of uh, travel. They're really personable. Um, they they have a creative edge. They can uh, interact with a with a woman about uh, design. You know, now you're starting to get a niche that other that you're you're not replaceable in, and so then you can work for yourself, and you're never gonna uh, not have work because as long as there's people, and that is something they want, you'll always work. And it's really unlimited. The economy is actually unlimited. So that's why people shouldn't be afraid. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. It's scary at first to pay your own health care and all that. But, uh, you know, it's it really is like a very bright future for people that think in terms of service to others or skill and not, you know, how can I hide in a job? Like, how can I be a, a diversity, you know, the head of diversity and human relations at Airbnb? Yeah. You know, it's like. You're, those people are so effed. Like they're so not going to have any economy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's frightening to think about. But at the same time, okay, so the frightening part, like it's easy to get blackpilled. It's, it's easy to get trapped in the the fear and all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, you've helped a lot. And there's a few other shows too that are good like this. But like breaking out and realizing that we're on the cusp of something amazing. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, like, yeah, if we if we start positioning ourselves now and start building community now, then we are going to be the ones that are prospering. Like you call it the bear market, like very aptly called, right? Yeah. You know, we're approaching this point where as the rest of society is collapsing, they're going to need people 
to step up and be like the leaders of this new world that's coming out, you know? A hundred percent. And it's definitely, it's definitely not too late. I'm telling people to not move right now, like stay where you're familiar because, you know, things could really start hitting uh, these days, especially when you see what's happening with uh, foreign relations with, uh, you know, China and Russia and all that. So be around people that, you know, unless you're really resilient and you can adapt quickly, you can move, but uh, it's so not too late. It's like, if you start thinking this way now, you'd be seen as an early adapter in 10 years. Yeah. Like people would be like, wow, how'd you know if you start in 2022 and I always recommend people start any garden and get some chickens and that's it. And like, you don't have to get um, a thousand acres in a herd of Buffalo. You know, some people, they overthink it and then they uh, get uh, analysis paralysis, you know, where they're like, how can I become a rancher? I'm a programmer. And you're like, you're not. What you can do is grow a couple herbs and then it'll change the whole way you look at scarcity. And then you get a few chickens and watch them lay an egg every day. And they're super easy to, uh, to have. And then from there, you start realizing there's no scarcity in food. And then you realize that your neighbors and your family are actually your wealth. And that no matter what happens with this money shit, it's really just an accounting uh, system. Like money is an accounting system. And so it's an accounting system of productivity, labor, all these things that you should be focused on. Like money is a byproduct of your uh, purpose. And so if you think that way, there's app and, and get a family, you know, start a family, um, really get roots because trust and, and community is, is everything. That's more than all the gold in the world. And that's not just saying that's a fact, you know, yeah. having people you can rely on is everything. Yeah, totally, man. And, and so, you know, big shout out to the Bertaria Times app. Like we're doing a meetup this weekend. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Hey, yeah, Saturday, just south of Nashville. So anybody that's maybe, I don't know how you haven't heard if you're in the community yet, but uh, yeah, south of Nashville, Edwin Warner Park, 11 to 3, just south of Nashville, you guys. So we'll see you there. Um, but that's where it's at. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I came, I came across your work about eight months ago. So before that I was, uh, out in Oregon we did what was, we were, uh, involved in the freedom cell movement. Have you heard of freedom cells, Derek Burroughs and all those guys? Maybe. It's, it's it's another, fun. it's, it's a similar thing, but we were doing meetups out there. We even did like a festival, like right in the middle of 2021 with like a bunch of speakers and, awesome. of, uh, and so like that sort of stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, I see the value of like building community and like that got us through like the darkest, darkest of times. And so now, you know, I've kind of refocused on trying to, you know, apply what I learned doing that with uh, the bear community. So, and I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of these folks here this weekend. So um, kudos for building that infrastructure for us, man. Like, like, can you tell us a little bit about bear Taria times? Yeah. You know, we were, uh, me and a bunch of guys started talking about what, cause it, cause it, you can, you can get stuck in the um, uh, what's wrong with the world rut. Mm. You know, where it's like, we need the elite to change. We need Twitter to let me be based in red pill. We need Facebook to let me post this like super based meme. And it's like, well, what if they don't change? Like, you know, I'm applying some of the stuff I've learned from having uh, a weird relationship with my, uh, with certain family members where I'm like, and if I, instead of waiting for someone else to change, you know, like that John Mayer song, waiting for the world to change. It's like, well, what would the internet look like if you could choose it? And so we started really brainstorming and we're like, what if the media was good? Like, what is the media? Everyone just says the media or they or the elites or all this stuff. And if you look at the base of the word elite, it means walk with God. L is God and then eat of, so of God. So the Rothschilds and all these people aren't actually the elite. The elite is anybody that walks with God, which is the good, the true, the beautiful, you know. So anyway... So Bertaria Times really surprised people because it's actually like the most censored app on the internet. You know, that's why it's funny that I had that interaction with uh, Martin from Rockfin because I'm not an, a say anything, do anything guy. Like the thing that brought me into this was the abuse of children that I saw being promoted on Twitter. And so um, Bertaria Times started highlighting the stories of what we want the world to look like. So it'd be like how to skin rabbits or a story about someone getting off um, opioids for, you know, alternatives or like uh, all these awesome stories or like somebody starting a, a pig farm and selling it at a market. And so from there, we realized we wanted a social media that wasn't fear-based. It wasn't like constantly reacting to what quote unquote, they are doing the mass consciousness. And so Bertari Times app was born and we've had no problems. You can get it at 
Apple and Google and all that because we have no swearing. You know, a six-year-old could scroll through it. There's no look at what they're up to, you know, time to wake everyone up. No, it's as if it's as if quote unquote they didn't exist. Yeah. And so it's like, what are you proud of? Show, you know, post a picture of your new baby and how thankful you are. Like, what are you growing? And it was a really awesome experience for me because part of it was experimental. Part of me thought that people didn't want it, that they wanted the hell, that they want the cortisol, the fear to constantly be like, look at this shit. Look at what their, you know, story hour with drag queens. Look at it. Look how satanic the world's gotten. And so that can be so addicting that I was like, what if people didn't show up? And they did. I mean, we have thousands and thousands of subscribers now and people are having meetups all over the world. Uh, they're starting businesses, starting families, because, you know, a lot of truthers go down those rabbit holes and they're like, well, what now? You know, I figured out some shit. It's like, yeah. what do I do now? And so that's where the birth. Of, and then we started a magazine, Bertari Times Magazine. We've, we're on our second edition now because we want to make things physical again to bring things back into reality. And and we're really proud of it. And everybody that got it, was, were, you know, it's like a National Geographic quality and it's 60,000 words and, and it's all written by community members. You know, it's like, it's like FUBU. It's for us, by us, you know? <laughs> you yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, 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 th- I can't, I love it, man. And I've actually, you know, you're right. I've had, t- I've been censored on there before. It took me a minute to, to understand. I've been censored on there. Yeah. yeah I've took- stuff and been like, oh, <laughs> oh, what, what did you have that got censored? What's up? What's an example? What did I do that got censored? I don't remember, but in the very beginning, I remember I posted something and it got censored. I was like, I just started laughing. Funny. That's good. Because it wasn't even that bad, but it was, it didn't, it didn't follow what we designed it for, which is like a six-year-old has to be able to look at it. Totally. Yeah. I had a, I did an episode with Jim Bob and I posted the thumbnail to kind of promote the episode. And of course it was one of his cartoons, right? And, yeah. and it was definitely not appropriate for Bertaria time. So that got deleted. I'm like, what the fuck? Come on now. And then, and then I, I, just a picture of me doing something, but I had a fuck Bill Gates shirt on. And so they took that down too. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to get it. Now I get it. Now I just post like yep. carrots and stuff I build and all that stuff. Exactly. And it, and it, it rewires your brain. Yeah. yeah. Because like, we're always reacting to quote unquote them. And so yeah. it took, it took people a little while. At first I got a lot of pissed off people like, dude, what the fuck? I'm trying to post about vaccine awareness and blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, no. Vaccines aren't here. Like we're not reacting to them anymore. It's like, it's like having a really dysfunctional parent where it's like, they're going to keep doing crazy shit. It's what do you do about it? Like, do you have to, cause if you're in that codependent relationship where every day you're just looking at what they are doing, you're never going to get out of the hell. And I've been through the dark night of the soul where I'm like, you know, having a very successful comedy career. I'm no longer allowed to work. I got a, a new baby. You know, I'm, I'm now doing tree work again with my brother and the whole world apparently hates me. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then I found out the world doesn't hate me that they, they can do these algorithms where it appears like everyone hates you, but really there's millions of people that are completely agreeing with you. And it's like, it's almost like right out of the never ending story or something like walking through the mirror where it's like, you can't hear the support. You have to do it because it's right. And then on the other side, there's all these people that are like, we're so glad you made it. And that's what I experienced. And it was so fucking cool. It's like, it was like, I, I thought I was all alone. You know, I had my wife and I had some, some of my buddies, but I was like, uh, it's just like Twitter and all this, you're racist, bigot, homophobe. I'm like, what am, what are you referring to? You know, just cause I was calling out David Hogg, calling out the disarmament of America. It's like, Dude, that doesn't make me evil. And so to hold my ground, there's all these people I wasn't allowed to see. It's almost like the Truman Show when he like gets through the wall and there's all those people there. And I'm like, but you can't know the people are there or else you don't get to experience it. You have to do it because it's true. And and so that's why life has gotten really good. You know, it's like I go out my door and I have like cows and goats and chickens and ducks and, you know, a greenhouse and four kids and a beautiful wife and uh, my job, I get to think about anything I want and talk about it for hours a day. It's like, I work hard, but it's like a really rewarding life. And that's why I, I'm so glad I got through that, that shadow because Mm -hmm. it's there for everybody that faces the truth. It's like, how committed are you? Are you going to keep going? And then once you get through it, you're like, well, what am I grateful for? Let's build that. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, I think so much like what I heard there and what I've heard you talk about before is like, you, you know, you trust your instinct a lot. Like I, I hear that from you a lot. Like, like, for example, like 
this first building Bertaria times app, you got all these people coming at you. You're like, no, no, no. I know what's right. I know what this needs to be. And uh, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say because I know what it needs to be. And I feel like you're very resolute at, uh, you know, once you have that internal uh, conviction towards something, then it's like almost unwavering, you know? And I've had the similar things where it's like, I get that feeling. Like, I don't know if it's like up here or if it's in here, but I get that like download where it's like, Oh, you should do this or you should do that. And I ignore it. And then something happens. I'm like, damn, I should have listened to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that inner dialogue that's like, and, and I, I've learned to trust it more and more. But uh, do you feel like that's how how you operate, or how would you? Uh, try yeah, the heart. The heart's the best spot because your gut can be anger, rage, fear. You know, oh, I want to, you know, punch this or bang that. You know, the head can be way too cognitive and way too like what could happen you know five nickels make a quarter four quarters make a dollar five dollars make a five dollar bill you know it's like the heart is more like what's true and not to sound all new agey and hippie about like sure. shock and shit but yeah and i'm fortunate also to have a really good uh, pe really good people around me that uh that i can bounce ideas off like high trust like i have a few people in my life that I uh, help me see stuff and, and help me stay strong because, uh, and over time it's gotten a lot easier. I mean, I've had trolls send CPS to my house, you know, which as a parent is an absolute nightmare. It's like to have people all over, you know, just trolls like, and now it's becoming more obvious. Now the world sees, you know, what swatting is and all that, but years ago they didn't. So it's like, Hey, Sophie, what are you doing? Sorry, I got a bunch of dogs. So good. it's, um, so I have CPS come to my house because there's reports that I'm like killing animals and I'm like selling meth and I, they just lie, 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 lie. And so that was so intense for me that something switched in me. It made me a lot stronger because I had this conversation with my wife and I was pacing because I had all this like MK Ultra shit from like Law and Order SVU where I have all these images in my head. That's why I watch out for Hollywood stuff because mm -hmm. they, they put images in your head of like, a child getting pulled out of the home and kicking and screaming and all that. So I, we have a, um, a, uh, interview coming up with CPS cause there was a complaint lodged or whatever. And I'm pacing and Amy's like, um, but you're a good father. And I'm like, yeah, but, and it's all in the head, you know, it's like, yeah, but what if they, what if about, and she goes, she goes, you're a good father. You have nothing to worry about. You're a good father. Just be honest. And you're a good father. And I'm like, but what, what, what? and then it just started resonating where I'm like, yeah, that's just the truth. The truth is I'm a good father and they're going to come and that's it. And whatever happens, that's what, and, and it was so nothing. So they come, they sit down with us. They felt bad. They apologized. They were like, they were, you know, but everything in my head was total bullshit. And then I started, um, that's what switched how I view the government too. Cause I went through a, a period of like, oh, the government kills everybody with communism and we got to really fear our government. Not at all, man. It's like, so when I was touring, I, uh, I would rent out it. I used to headline all these theaters and clubs. My picture would be on the wall. Then of course yeah. I became the bad man. So I would rent a theater, sell all my own tickets and I'd still get canceled. And that made no sense under the whole, uh, market economy bullshit that I was told like, Oh, America's a market economy. It's supply and demand. I'm like, well, there's a huge demand. And I've never even been accused of a misdemeanor. Like I'm a, I'm like, I've starred in a movie on Netflix. Like I'm not, I, last week you had Chip and Dale's dancers. Like what exactly is your morality? And then I realized how easy it is in this debt-based bullshit world where the, where interest can just turn off uh, your ability to work. And so the one place that I could perform was the public libraries. Yeah. So I'd sell 2000 tickets in Pittsburgh. They'd ban me the week of at their stupid theater because black lives matter said that I uh, made fun of a black guy, which is just insane. I mean, it's like, I make fun of Canadians more than anybody. It's like, yeah. how do you want to edit my life? You know? And so I realized that the government actually offered a protection. Then I was, when I was kicked off PayPal, Venmo, all of it, dude, I'm kicked off Airbnb. My wife wasn't allowed to rent out a pro our property on Airbnb because she was married to a comedian that they didn't like the jokes of. So that free market thing is bullshit. And so the, the, the one place that did not persecute me was the post office of the United States of America. And so I started really seeing what was actually happening and the levers that were being done are all uh, NGOs, non-government organizations, 
these these like agencies, these international banking agencies, like the who everyone saw recently. It's like those are not that's not your government. The government is actually right now. I mean, it's it's corrupt. You know, I mean, Joe Biden can't speak properly, mm-hmm. spitting himself. But this the basic structure of the United States government is still a protection because if this shit falls like it might, you know, you don't want Taco Bell to be able to have an army. You know, it's like, that's why all these ANCAPs that I, I'm friends with kind of, but we fight a lot. They're like, well, the government has monopoly on force. I'm like, okay, uh, government falls. I'm going to make you a slave out of spite. Yeah. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, he's like, well, I got my land. I'm like, how did you get your land? It's called land rights. Who guarantees your land rights? Somebody with a monopoly on force. If that cartel, which I know it's a crime thing, I understand. If that falls, there's going to be a million cartels pop up. And I'm like, just to teach you a lesson, I'll make you a slave. (laughs) That was one of my favorite bits you did recently where it's like, it's like, you know, but they're going to be after the collapse, they're going to be willing to be slaves. And you're like, you're like, well, can you just run a little bit at least? I hired this guy to like, come catch me. (laughs) Come on. I got the net guy. I got the net guy. I was cracking up, man. That's so good. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. You don't want to be a slave. And I, yeah, because yeah, a slave, I mean, people in debt are slaves. Like that the the word slave is one of those MK Ultra trigger words. It's like people think, oh, I'm gonna be enslaved. I'm like, look around, man. You're you're in slavery 5.0. They figured out how to do it where you're a free-range slave. It's like and, and it's all it's all financially driven. And I'm not even mad at the banks because the financial world is just serving our base lower self, like whatever we want. You know, the, these people will just serve it to you and, and they put you in debt. It's like, oh, I want I want a new truck now. It's like, well, okay, we can here. Here's a note on it. And then you're like, okay. And then you're in debt. And then you realize that your, your labor is going towards interest. And I, it, it's really interesting shit. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, you know, a lot of that, I feel like, okay, so I feel I have this theory, right? And of course, I mean, this isn't a theory. This is just, it is. Nature is perfect. Like nature is perfect. You can't argue with it. It's un- yeah. unassailable. You know what I mean? And yeah. everything that these people are just everything that's happening in society and in the world is so against nature, what they're spraying, what they're putting in the food, these GMO mosquitoes. Like it's just like yeah. this overwhelming just attack on nature itself. And I think that what we're seeing is like this, what's happening right now and what we're witnessing and what's probably going to transpire is this massive, like overcorrection because like yes. our bodies and yeah. nature itself is always seeking balance, homeostasis. You know, it's always trying to be in 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 equilibrium. You know, and it's just so far out of whack. And and, and we know God and nature, it will fix itself. It always does. It cleanses. Always. It cleanses and refreshes, and always brings back into into alignment. And so, like I've heard you describe as like the whiplash effect. So I feel like maybe we're at this like whiplash point where it's like whoo, the whip is about to snap, and yeah. we're gonna have, we're gonna have to go through it. But on the other side, it's going to be amazing. What are your thoughts on all that? hundred percent. I, I mean, people always say I bat a thousand. I don't, it's not a thousand. I'm wrong about some shit, but I've made some pretty solid predictions. And I, I stand by my prediction I made a few years ago where I said, cause that was before when people kept saying I was anti-Semitic for calling out the Sackler family and all this, uh, that made the, the opioids and the oxy and all this, and, uh, just showing all the ownership of a lot of these nefarious and I'm through that. I don't even care. I think that most of those guys are just operating out of blackmail and fear. But um, I was like, I will be seen as like a, a like a, a cuck to I'm like in the not so distant future, people will call me like a Jew lover because I'm not into hurting them or like blaming them for everything. Like, I'm like, that is absolutely coming. And the because once these financial things start collapsing, people are going to want a scapegoat they're going to blame somebody and then they're going to look at bankers it's the same it's exactly the whiplash that's why i recommend people put their feet off the whip because the whip is going to keep swinging and there's going to be an overcorrection to against uh sexual perversions too because it's Mm -hmm. getting you know weimar republic out there it's like when you have transsexuals reading books to five-year-olds and your scene is full of hate when you oppose it like the result of that is going to be wild. And I think a big, a big pushback right now is China and Russia because they've already went through it. Like in the nineties, Russia was impoverished, grappled parasites everywhere. 
you know, and so they got stronger. And so now they're not, they're, they're calling the bluff of the West and the West is like, Oh, you're a bigot, racist, homophobe. And Russia's like, shoot this man. (laughs) Shoot, shoot him. And and everybody's like, Oh no, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me to he. And it's like the loud one put in the, in the little cell. And it's like, but no. And so that is what's going to happen. You have people because now we're fetishizing weakness. We now have mm. we, we have people that identify as disabled because they feel disabled. They're like, I, I'm in a wheelchair. I can walk technically, but I'm inside. I'm disabled. So we're now fetishizing that where it's like what what makes you weak in our culture is what we put on a pedestal. So it's like, oh, I'm a trans wheelchair you know, burn victim. It's like, okay, make them a surgeon. And everyone's like, oh, so brave. Make them a pilot. I was seeing this shit where a one-armed woman was a pilot and everybody was like, so brave. I'm like, that will get annihilated to a point where the swing back is going to be like fucking, it's going to be like Saudi Arabia and I'm going to be loving it. Yeah, that's it's hilarious, man. It's crazy though. Like, I I get that stuff sent to me all the time. I don't even feel like sharing it. Like all the all the like the now it's like, like I think it's escalated from trans reading to kids, and now it's like full blown, like full blown, like like oh, dude, it's been full blown for a while. Well, guess, that's what got uh, me kicked out of Hollywood. Is uh, there was an NPR host that had a lot of clout, and he was giving his five year old son hormone blockers, and I was publicly calling him out, and I was getting calls by my agent manager like, "You gotta stop this shit." You know, I, I was about to have a paid gig at UConn. You know, I'm, I was touring comedian. I was in House Bunny, all these movies. And I'm like, no, this is bullshit. And it's like, because I was permissive of like gay marriage and stuff. Because I'm like, oh, who's who are we to say? Blah, blah, blah. When they went towards the kids, something in me fucking flipped. And I was like, no. And I'm like, that's child abuse. Like you, you're sexualizing your son. They don't have a sex they're five he's fucking five and you're gonna affect his endocrine system and so that was the line in the sand and i was getting calls by like famous people and all these people being like what did you just do i just got a uh because there really is a network it's like there is a, a really sick uh mafia that's like owen benjamin blackball blah 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 and so people i know really well are like what did you do and i'm like jesse thorne man i'm naming the fucker i'm i'm tweet retweeting him and um and that this is a problem and I'm going to use my clout to do something good in this fucked up world. And so that was in 2016, 17. And so now it's nuts. It's like, it's so, but see, I really do think I helped nip that in the bud a little bit because um, that was really building. People were really permitting that like on a pretty, there were, it was growing and growing. It was getting nuts. And now it's pretty obvious that that's fucking nuts, but there are, uh, you know, the, the, the abortion thing and all that stuff where they're like full term abortion, sell the parts, dude, everybody's like, yay, freedom. And I'm like, dude, you're about to get wiped off this planet. And that's a fact because that this is so unnatural to, to make it seem like men can get pregnant and, oh, there's, there's, it's just, everything's a lie in clown world. And so when you're stacking lies that much, nothing you do is effective. That's why, you know, people can watch me do streams and I'm playing, you know, Bach by ear and riffing and all this. And the reason my processor is going so fast is because it's not just bogged down by bugs and lies and, and all this bullshit. And so I highly recommend people stop, you know, living under the premises that are so clearly wrong because then you can't be in the moment. You can't trust your instincts. What what you're talking about with instincts. It's like, how, why do I trust my instincts? Because they're set up so that the product is good. Mm. You know, a lot of instincts don't work because people are under these impressions of like, you know, all these lies that are occurring, you know, like it's virtuous to, to bang a guy in the ass behind a dumpster in public waving a flag. Like that's, that means you're a good person, you know? And people are like, yeah. and and i'm like if you're operating in that like if you're operating that that's the same thing as a man and a woman getting married and raising a child together then you can't trust your instincts because they're like wobbly you know yeah totally and and, you know that right there that's something that's kind of been a big realignment for me like i was just like oh yeah i don't have any kids it wasn't the cards i'm all good but now i'm like 
shit, dude, I got to get on that. Like it's, it's crazy. So I'm kind of like, yeah, get on it, get on it. Uh, let's see here. So, um, let's see. So I, I was going to ask you about this. So, uh, just quick change of topics, just on a personal note. So what was it like when you first, uh, realized you wanted to be a comedian? How did you get going on that? Like, how did you enter that world? Well, people kept telling me I'd be good at it. I wasn't, uh, even that I just loved comedy growing up. I love watching Adam Sandler and Vince Vaughn, yeah. all those guys. And, um, and you know, I never had a fear of stages cause I played piano and I, uh, my dad sang opera. So I did some opera as a kid and I, I would like get these jobs at, uh, like Renaissance fair. And they were like, you're really good at making fun of people and you don't have that fear response. So do you mind being in the, in the stocks? So I'd be like, they throw tomatoes at me and I make fun of people. And so a lot of times it was more people telling me that I should do that. And then my first set, I opened for Kevin Hart when nice. I was 19, I did a half hour, but when no one knew who he was. And so, and I, I mean, for whatever reason, I did better than the guy. I mean, he's really funny, but I did. I, my first set was great. And so people are like, dude, you got to do this. And so I started and I didn't really, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, uh, but I didn't want to go into debt. I've always had a problem with debt. And so, uh, you know, my dad taught public speech and I've just always been good at that. And I always like comedy. I like, I like trying to find the joke and the truth and things. I'm not the, the funniest person. I mean, I know people funnier than me in my life, but they, they'd freeze on stage and I don't freeze. I actually, uh, do, do better under pressure. It's like that anti-fragile shit, shit we we're talking about that. Um, and so once I started doing that and I had so much fun in LA, cause my best friend from kindergarten wanted to be a writer and he's like, let's go to LA. And I didn't, wasn't doing anything after college. I majored in uh world war II history. So like I lived in the Czech Republic and so I didn't really know. I was just really interested in the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, imagine that. And yeah, I know. That's why people are like, how dare you have this opinion? I'm like, I'm an expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I go to LA and I start vibing and it was like the Island of misfit toys. And I really enjoyed it back then. It wasn't like how it is now. It was like very artistic and very anything goes and everyone was just trying. And I, I thought the, the stand-up stage was so pure and true. It's kind of like how fighters view uh, MMA, where it's like you're in this little space and we'll see who wins. And so um, I really thrived in it. And then I just I got uh, recognition very early and I've always been really successful at it. And then after I was kicked out of the entertainment industry, like the mainstream, I was very quick to make my own uh, just with Twitter, Facebook, Vimeo. I shot my own special for 10 grand in England, sold tons of them. And then the Hollywood mafia didn't want the other slaves to know that that was an option. So that's another reason I got so much heat. And um, yeah, it's just always been what I wanted to do because I was good at it. And uh, I don't know, it was fun. It was always like a constant puzzle that I could obsess about, like to really understand the nature of men and women and to really understand the nature of um, everything and then make it funny for people and see the relief in their faces um, was great. Yeah. It's powerful, man. And look at you now, like, you, like for me, I can relate. Like we go through all this adversity and it's like, you know, we don't know exactly where we're going to end up, but a lot of times where we end up is way better than where we way were. It could have been. And it's like, it's like, I've learned to actually trust that to, to know that when I'm going through some turmoil or something bad, I know it's going to deliver me not only as a stronger person, but whatever it's delivering me to, it's probably going to be way better. You know what I mean, like it's so true in life, you know, to the so, point yeah. where I like it. I don't like yeah. it, but I'm I'm now just curious without fear where wow, it's like, curious. like something is coming. that's like crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, I wonder how this is going to turn out. Whereas yeah. before, although I didn't have the normal fear response, most people do, because most people would have just crumbled with some of the shit I've been through. But um, I would have fear. I would be like, oh, I'm fucked. But I'd still fight. Now I, I see the pattern. I see how it's like before a wave comes, if you're a surfer, like you can feel it coming and then you're excited to surf versus you're just floundering in water and it just, you know, banging you. That's yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, totally. Well, as we're winding down here, I got at least one more question and then I got a couple super chats here. I was going to run by you. So, uh, so what would you say to a person who is, you know, and hopefully there aren't too many listening because we like to talk about, you know, solutions for this, but the person that's in a city doesn't know a whole lot of like-minded people, kind of feeling alone, kind of feeling down. Like, what would you say to that person? 
but but oh. wants to see something and wants to change and wants kind of what we have sort of thing or you have or i have i don't know uh just it's a, it's an internal change you know it's like i know people that are terrified on ranches and i know people in cities that are really doing well it's like uh i think that the internal shift should be a, a curiosity without fear and a gratitude without envy and i know that sounds like a broad stroke and hopefully i'll give more specifics because i know that being too broad can be annoying but it, it's really true it's like so if you're grateful for what you have without envying other people, um, that's a great place to be. And if you're curious about what's coming without being afraid, you are already built to survive. And no matter what's coming in America right now, we're still going to be richer than like France. You know, America's fucking rich. Mm -hmm. And so cities are going to get worse and there's going to be fear and all that. But if you take a step back, you're not facing what you know everyday life can be in indonesia you know you're you're built to survive and you're built to uh to adapt and overcome and so uh i think to just let go of your fear and then be more interested in other people you know instead of focusing on your problems and where you are in life start looking around like look at your neighbors look at someone on the street think about their life think about what they're going through and think about what interests you about them and then maybe ask them you know ask them so a question. And so when out, when you're looking out outward and you're not just always looking inward and you're looking out and you're thinking about, you know, other people and then start thinking about what you could do, uh, what you could do that they would value. You know, I'm not talking about just charity, like help people across the street, but like what you did with handyman work, it's like, or what I do with comedy or what my brother did with tree climbing. It's like, look around at an unfulfilled service that you could do. And then from there, you'll meet people. Uh, I think, well, I personally got really into gardening and stuff like that. So growing shit on your windowsill is always really cool. And, uh, but it doesn't really matter. It's like, just have that internal shift. And then the more you look at other people and you're interested in their life, the more of a community you build. And then your life will just start going in places you can't even imagine. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, man. And it's like, you know, being other centered is, is such a huge solution to so many different things. Like, so I'm, I'm in recovery, you know, I've been clean and sober for many years and like a big part of my life is being involved in the recovery, like 12 step community, you know, and, and yeah. the way we characterize, uh, the disease of addiction, the spiritual component of it, we talk about it being complete self-centeredness. That is the, yeah. the nature of the diseases. It's because you're, you're using and destroying everything. You're burning all your bridges and out of pure self-centeredness, right? And so the solution is then being other-centered. And so people have this idea of like 12-step meetings being like, you know, you're in a smoky room, everyone's drinking coffee, like a bunch of old timers and all this stuff. But really, <laughs> it's so much bigger than that. It's like really being like just a culture of helping others unconditionally, unconditional love and support and help other people and, and you know it's such a powerful thing to carry into other aspects of your life too you know and it is it's the solution to so many things you know getting outside of yourself and finding others to help in, in different ways you know dude yeah. the average person's an addict it's like yeah. a lot of people think that addict just means like meth or booze or something it's like a lot of people are addicted to various aspects of life and they don't even realize it and so yeah. that that uh that advice can help people a lot some people are addicted to comfort addicted to status addicted to how people feel addicted to a title that they have addicted to you know like think about um how most people in hollywood are controlled it's like statistically impossible that they all have the same opinion on everything so how are they controlled they don't want to lose that status that they are a movie star they have a blue check mark or they have you know 50 grand coming in a month it's like, that's an addiction that's, that's just as deadly as drugs or alcohol. And it's like, because, because you're, you're only thinking of yourself and how others see you, you know? And, and so if you look out, if you look at what you can do for other people, it'll help you a lot. And most people have problems with addictions without even realizing it. You know, the comfort addiction is massive, mm. especially Americans. It's like, they never want to feel uncomfortable. They never want a recession. You know, this whole never allowing the economy to go down at all is why we're in this mess. You know, the economy is supposed to do this. It's like the financial system is supposed to have corrections. And the, the fact that they just keep pumping it so that it never has that, it's like a, a body that you never allow to rest. And eventually the crash is like crazy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, totally. And and you, I was, I had it written down to cover. I don't think we're gonna have time, but like, like look at the wheat market versus the Bitcoin market. You've been calling that forever. That's hilarious. So that's awesome. All right. I got a couple super chats here. This is from Adam infinitum. He says, uh, fuck yeah. I give big bear and red pill rooster. My kindest regards. Adam infinitum. Yeah. 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 And then Lawrence Driggs, who's the uh, producer of the show Grand Theft World. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, but it's fantastic. Richard Grove, Tony cool. Myers, and all them. Uh, he says, Owen talked about John Taylor Gatto, the education on a stream about five years ago, and that led me to Richard Grove's work. Now, Richard Grove's epic, man. I should I highly recommend it. He did the Peace Revolution podcast, too. Anyway, and put me on the path to what I'm doing today. Also, was lucky to see one of Owen's last authorized, authorized shows at the Improv in Brea. Thanks, guys. Keep on crushing. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. is great. I mean, I, we homeschool our kids now and, um, you know, like really connecting to the child's curiosity and the child's mind and the child's creativity has been, it's, it's changed the way I see the whole world. I mean, yeah. it's so simple. I I'm around kids all the time. So it's like, that's been mind blowing for me. And same with animal husbandry. I don't know if you, if you saw my stream today where I, uh, about half I, of it. Oh, where I showed the milking about how a goat is milked and how it applies to modern society, how, you know, you get them in debt, you give them porn and, you know, corn syrup, and then I'm behind them taking <laughs> their future. And then I keep like, I have different shit for different colored goats, like Black Lives Matter with the black goat. And then I'm making America great again with the black goat, but I'm, all I'm doing is taking everyone's milk. And so that's why living close to nature and being around children is like, it's really hard to be tricked at that point because all the spells require detachment from reality. Yeah. And so uh, speaking of how's Frederick doing your fourth son that was just born. How's everybody's awesome. family? Awesome. Yeah. He's doing great. All right. Awesome. Amy's doing good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's recovering, but fortunately we have a really strong community here. So we have people every night bring over a dinner for her and her mom's here. And uh, yeah, the kids, the kids are all accepting it quite well. So it's, it's been awesome. Awesome, man. So good to hear. Right on. Well, here, let's let's do this. Let's run through and let's uh, show the people all your stuff. So we got, oh. tell us a little bit about unauthorized.tv. Well, unauthorized was something that um, uh, we, we made, you know, Vox Day out of Europe, legendary guy. So we uh, made unauthorized after I was getting kicked off of YouTube and he's had his own, you know, censorship issues. So we were like, let's make our own thing. And so uh, he came up with the, uh, the term unauthorized because you have your authorized people and then you have your unauthorized people. And so, um, we had, a, we've had a long journey with it and we have our own servers, our own, uh, software, our own everything so that we are, uh, not capable of being, you know, just randomly to platform because some asshole doesn't like our jokes, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, there's a subs subscription base, but you also put all your content out for free. So you guys, if you want to support, uh, yeah, TV recurring monthly subscription. Uh, so this is the Bertaria Times app. If you go to app.bertariatimes.com, I'm a member there. Uh, can't recommend it enough. So, uh, then we got Unbearables Media. So, this is so speaking of Red Pill Rooster, tell us a little bit about Unbearables Media. Well, yeah, one of the beauties of being so close to my audience now and not in the beast is the amount of quality art. You know, if you just look at this mountain bear, red pill rooster, be grateful bear, hand drawn bear, hometown bear. These are all people that just out of nowhere emerged and started putting my words to uh, to cartoons or songs or any of this stuff. And it's un it's unlimited on this thing. It's like you could do a deep dive on Unbearables Media and be on there for days and it's mm -hmm. all free. Just watch it. And yeah, uh, like Glober Sniper. Oh, yeah. I mean, these sketches are legendary. Yeah. And so. Um, and, and yeah. And if people. Are, are tight on money or something. You can always watch my streams at uh bitshoot.com slash on Benjamin or Odyssey or uh Rumble. I'm not at all out on YouTube. I mean, YouTube uh bans, you know, if someone does a uh restream of mine that day, it's banned. It's like I think when I was nailing the the COVID psyop early, like March of 2020, I was doing streams like name one person you know that's died of this, and no one could. And the fear is all getting crazy. And I think like uh, throwing a wrench in that psyop was kind of the last, uh, the last straw for old YouTube with me. So that's why I'm uh, pretty hard to find there. I have old stand up on there and stuff that other people have uploaded, but um, you know, on Benjamin.com, you have all my links and yeah. libertylinks.io slash own Benjamin mm -hmm. live. And so the key is just do it yourself. 
You know, that's yeah. why I have all these uh, sites. Totally. And then the last one I forgot to pull up here ahead of time, but we talked about it in the episode before. I can't say highly, or I can't suggest it enough. You guys building Bertaria.com. I guess you're working on ep uh, episode three now, right? Yeah. Doc three. And you can watch these for free on there. I was, uh, when we crowdfunded for the, the original campground, I set aside money to make these so that the people that contributed could watch them. And the overwhelming, um, the overwhelming vibe was that we should put them out for free for everybody because, yeah. uh, yeah. And so you can watch the whole process. It's wild. And so then we're, yeah, we're gearing up to do another one this summer. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, these are all fantastic. So, wow. Well, Owen, man, thank you so much. Uh, truly an honor. Great conversation. Uh, thank you for everything that you do. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Cool. Peace, brother. All right. Peace. All right.